Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 212th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by Apit.net and those sexy, sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. And I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my partner in crime, my podcast writer, die, the Michelle Visage to my Carson Cresley. We're talking about Miss Ali Hart. How you doing today, Miss Ali Hart? What up? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I like none of us uh, reached the level of RuPaul. So um, I appreciate that we're even, even Stevens across the judging board. Yeah, I think I think that's just too much too much responsibility and power to wear the RuPaul crown. So I'm like, I'm, I'm happy to be a number two or a number three in the good. RuPaul and hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with I'm happy with those choices. Pretty, pretty good people in a sense. Yeah, I certainly feel I'm probably more Carson than Ross. And I'm nowhere near handsome enough to, to say I'm like Todrick Hall or something because he, he's another one that's like ridiculously handsome and attractive and talented on that show. But so I'll, I'll take Carson and his plasticine nose. And I'll take the sassy Michelle Visage. Yeah. In an instant. In an instant. I got a real love-hate relationship with her. Me Sometimes too. Sometimes she says some stuff and I'm like, you know, that's kind of funny or that's true. And then other times like, you're just a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, yeah, girl, get them. Mm. But yeah, the 8-Bit Drag Race coming soon to the hashtag 8-Bit Collective. Keep your eyes and ears out for that. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's been a week. Some of the biggest gaming news I think we're ever, ever, ever going to experience in our lifetime uh, that dropped this week, which is probably our, our deep dive in the news section of the podcast today. But maybe we could start, like, we haven't really been playing much we did play no. some Destiny 2 together, full disclosure. We actually did. And we did on multiple occasions. We're able to set up two gaming sessions of Destiny, which is quite incredible considering mm-hmm. <laughs> our, oh. our abilities to coordinate times to play video games. So miracles can happen. They can indeed. I was looking for my Alleluia soundbite, but I've replaced them with Mortal Kombat ones. So, go on, just random. Go pick one and we'll see if it fits. Outstanding. Nice. Very well. That'll do. (laughs) Uh, It was good, though. I feel like it's been a while since I've played Destiny with, like, this sounds bad, with actual friends, like real friends. That sounds really bad. Sorry, other people listening that have played. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to say it. Like, there's, like, the people that you associate with, like, gaming community, and then there's, like, your actual, actual friends. IRL friends. IRL friends, not my online friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Who are also my real friends. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was really, really good to actually just play it and not play with people that take it too seriously. So You certainly don't get that with, with myself or NATO. Uh, no. That's for damn sure. Uh, we're, we're in there. We're all having fun. We're laughing. We're getting stressed. We're cussing out players. Oh, boy. Uh, Gambit, we got absolutely steamrolled in many a game, uh, which I- was soul-destroying. <laughs> I was really shocked. I've never, sorry, but like I've never had such bad rounds of Gambit as I experienced like playing with you guys. Like I'm almost certain Gambit isn't like a level thing. Like I don't think it like is level based because I know um, 
surprisingly enough, NATO was the higher light level than all mm-hmm. of us. So I don't think it was like leveling up to him. I just think I don't know. I, I think we just had some real bad runs with some really good lobbies. Yeah, yeah. We did have a lot of people actually drop out on us as well, which is that's true. Rude. Yeah, like like when you and I were playing on um. I think you and I were playing Sunday, right? Was was it Saturday? I can't remember. Whatever yeah. day it was, when you and I were rolling out, we had a couple of wins. You know, we had a couple yeah. of good runs. But when you, myself, and NATO were playing on, maybe we played Saturday and then you and I, and NATO played Sunday and then Monday. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, I think that's kind of how it went around. Yeah, but we were just getting stomped. Absolutely stomped. Like absolutely obliterated. Like, mm. like. Like I said, we had really bad matches. I think we had a cheater on our team. And then even when we didn't win with them cheating, and then they just bailed because <laughs> just because of how rough it was. But um, I mean, either way, like it, it was still fun. Like I still enjoy the experience of Gambit, whether I'm winning or losing. I just think it's more enjoyable. But you guys had some fun playing Crucible, right? Yeah, we, we were rolling out a lot of control and stuff like that. And I think I slightly lean more to that over Gambit. Like they're yeah. both great modes and they're both very stressful at times, but I guess control is more simplified. Like you don't have to worry about banking moats and Yeah, it's straight to the point. Shoot yeah. shoot bad guy, collect flag. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. Spot. It's more more meat and potatoes. So <laughs> we're playing a lot of that. And you, the great thing with, with any of the PvP is you get a lot of gear really quickly. Like it's not always great or improvements on what you got but every round you're constantly getting three to four pieces maybe an engram so Hmm. you're feeling like you're getting a lot more rewards as opposed to doing some of the longer missions and and sort of quest lines so doing that started doing a couple of the exotic quests as well just rumbling around but um another thing i'd have mentioned too even though you know it's 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 the weekly xbox game pass shout out but uh destiny 2 (laughs) is now officially on there so you can get your hands on Destiny 2 and all the current expansions up to up to now included in Xbox Game Pass. So if anyone is looking to dip a toe, now would be the perfect time. They, they have said that uh, you know cross-platform functionality will be coming soon, uh, but there is also the cross-save support. So if you do want to play in your lounge room for a bit with your Xbox friends, your saved character can then be ported straight to playing with your PC friends or your PlayStation 4 friends. So I love that little caveat that they've got going with it now. So yeah, yeah just uh, make sure everybody. make sure you have a lot of space for that game because it is a chunky one. Um, I don't think it's as bad as some of the really chunky games out there when it comes to taking up space, but um, it's 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 got a it, it takes up a little bit it takes up a little bit. It's no yeah. like whatever like call of duty was and how bad that got up to was a 200 gigabyte was like the most that it's i think it tipped over 200 yeah did like it really another one like red dead redemption 2 was another big big chunky game that takes a lot of storage like God, I didn't it is a that. huge game in a big universe so i get it but yeah it's just um just be mindful of your storage especially uh you know something else we'll talk about in the news a little bit later regarding uh increasing storage, storage capacity <laughs> it ain't cheap it is not cheap, that's for damn sure. Yeah. But outside of that, we've just been watching all the things, haven't we? We really have. Like, just, like, <laughs> sitting behind the idiot box, really. And I, I'm kind of happy about that. Do you feel like there's moments sometimes where you're just, like, sitting there watching TV and you're like, man, I really should play some video games right now, but I'm not feeling it? That was my entire last week. Like, outside of playing Destiny on the weekend and then a bit on Monday... 
I have not played a game for the rest of the week. I've just been binging so much TV, like uh, really going down rabbit holes on all the streaming services. I think I've watched most of the good things on Shudder now, like uh, which has made its way to ANZ about maybe a month and a half ago now. Uh, so I watched so much stuff on there. I watched a, a science fiction horror movie on there called Blood Machines. Oh. And it's defi- It's described by the the creators of of this film as a space opera. Like it's it's about it's less than an hour runtime. Oh, but but picture like anyone that's watched like Mandy or um, what was the most other Nicolas Cage movie. Um, whatever hard, it was but it's very hard to keep track <laughs> yeah but it's just neon color palette 80s retro crazy synth um you know big spaceships really b-grade special effects in science fiction and they even like put the the old aged grain across the film as well so it feels wow. like it's ripped straight out of the 80s but really thumping soundtrack and uh yeah really really great film it was done it's it's a film made out of Europe on like a shoestring budget, but it's just a really cool little banger, really cool visual set pieces. So that um, was Blood Machines. Blood Machines, yeah. It's, I it's, might have to watch this one. Yeah, they um on Shutter they actually turned it in for some reason they turned it into like a four part TV series, which makes no sense because it's like oh. an hour runtime total. But yeah, give it a look because you'll you'll finish it yeah within within an hour and it's just really cool to watch. Uh, really fun little different. Uh, different film as opposed to what else is kicking around there. So I smashed that out. Also watched um, on Shudder, I can't remember what the series was called, but it's a five-episode show about um, film sets that they deemed were cursed or haunted. So it goes into the making of um, there's The Exorcist, there's Mm -hmm. The Omen, Poltergeist, The Crow, and uh, what's the last one? The Twilight Twilight Zone? Zone? Yeah. Yep, yep. And so they talk about about these ones. Yeah, so they talk about all the deaths that occurred on set, all the crazy accidents, all the the sicknesses and the disasters and everything that comes around them. Like, you're not aware of the amount of shit that can happen on movie sets sometimes, especially like like on The Omen and stuff. So many people died. So many people died. It's so bad. Like, and like just going back to the simple one of The Crow of just like him being shot. Dead yeah. On a set. Like, you... You can't even just like fathom. You're like, how does that even happen? You know, like there was, and remember, there was a lot of conspiracy theories about people and jealousy and yeah, Chinese mafia apparently like because obviously his dad died under very strange circumstances too, very suddenly, heart yeah. attack they say. But um, yeah, there's there's rumor mill that the Chinese mafia wanted to take him down because he was bastardizing the martial arts and you know glorifying it and showing their secrets, and then that the that follows through that they they put this gun on like this prop gun with the the dummy bullet in it on set to to kill his son like it's it's crazy it's absolutely bonkers and i know that with the twilight zone like that one was like it was like an unfortunate accident but it was also like like they were being pushed to do things that they really shouldn't have or they were like overworked or something and then that's when the accident happened with the helicopter yeah like like, um kids were involved man two two kids and the lead actor in that got cut in half by a, a real life helicopter they were doing like the final escape scene and there's you know like it, it's it's like a set in like vietnam mm-hmm. uh, so they're running through like this swamp and there's explosions going on everywhere but they had too much like too like the explosions or the bombs they had set up were too big and um they were just going off everywhere and you've seen the footage like 
of this accident happening. It stops just before the blade hits the people, but you see this helicopter come down into set and you can know what happens next. Yeah, these people died instantly. Like this helicopter just cut so them in half. Crazy. And yeah, like this was at 2.30 in the morning. Apparently you can't have kids working on set after like 8 p.m. Yeah. at night. So there was mm-hmm. all these dodgy sh- things going on and yeah, it was just really interesting to see. And um, my biggest takeaway of watching this show, it was like five episodes, ran for maybe four to five hours total. I really want to go back and watch The Crow again. I haven't watched that in years. <laughs> the Crow? Unfortunately, I watched The Crow during a very like uh, like cliche moment of my life of being like super goth and metal. And so mm-hmm. I watched The Crow because it was on the list of if you're goth or metal, you need to watch these movies and being able to say like, I know, I watched that movie. So I did. I don't remember enjoying it that much like i don't remember it being like an outstanding film but like it was fine like it was fine but i just don't recall it being like completely you know i don't know like a masterpiece or anything yeah. like crazy that. too because it's one of the first like comic adaptations so um True. but yeah i want to go back and check that out i know I, there's a chance i could be disappointed like with what you just said but yeah it looks interesting i think they've canned the I don't know what number attempted reboot it would have been now with Jason Momoa was going to play the crow. They were going to reboot it with him as the crow. They like sticking him in things, don't they? Yeah. He's just a big, handsome dude. So they're just he like, yeah. so we'll good do. in the Dune trailer though. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a trailer. Quick shout out to that. That looks phenomenal. I cannot wait to watch some of that. I don't know if I should read the book. I don't know if anyone else is like experienced with it. I haven't it's read like the book. Read the book or something. Yeah. Me, I think well, the book's very dense. Very dense from what I've heard, yeah. (laughs) But outside of that, the latest episode of Lovecraft Country that dropped this week, episode six, it's one of the best episodes I've watched on any television show in years. It was just perfection, I think, from a a visual sense, from a narrative sense, the soundtrack, uh, the characters, the acting. It was so good. I loved that hour of, of my time with Lovecraft Country this past week. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I'm happy to also see that people are starting to get on the Raised by Wolves wagon. Uh, there's a few people who have started watching it that this week and uh, are enjoying it. So uh, you're welcome, but also keep Benny's watching tweet. it. It was like the first episode in and he was already like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. And the um, the very last thing I watched before we maybe we, we share some some war stories on, on pre-ordering this past week is I've gone back and, and been binging Mindhunter. I don't know if you've seen this on Netflix. I it rings the bell. What is this? A, like a crime show? Yeah, so it's it's set in the seventies and eighties, uh, focusing on the FBI, and it's where the like it's it's based off true events. So it's it's when the FBI set up a behavioral science unit. So they start oh. getting into the psyche of of like the term serial killer didn't exist. So these these this group like coins that term and work out what there is as far as profile like criminal profiling and and. Uh, really diving deep onto what makes a serial killer tick. So they go in and like actually interview real life serial killers. Like there was an episode I watched the other day and it's got like Charles Manson in it and stuff. So there's like back and forth with them talking about, you know, why did you do it? What were you feeling? Talking about their history. So they're trying to work out, yeah, any any potential consistencies to to try and catch these serial killers before I guess they become worse and, and do worse. So it's really interesting. It's only two seasons so far. Uh, David Fincher is the the man behind this, like the man who's behind like Seven, Fight Club, yeah. stuff like that. So it's Maybe. not as not as dark and warped 
as like a as a seven, that's for damn sure. But you can see his DNA sprinkled through it. He said that he's he's got this thing written to do five series, a uh, five seasons, sorry. Wow. But it's it's in indefinite hiatus right now because he's off making his new movie. And so he's released all the cast from their contract. So I'm hmm. wondering if this show is going to come. I hope it does because it's so good. It's just good watching. And um, yeah, it's on Netflix, two two seasons, 19 episodes. I think 19 episodes sounds about right. But just really cool, really cool to see the sciences behind it and I guess how they were almost working this stuff out as they went along as far as you know what we know today and how the FBI do, does all this criminal profiling and all those shows you watch, Criminal Minds and stuff, yeah. seeing how that came about. 30 40 years ago i think it's really cool yeah it's pretty interesting to see how that kind of stuff develops because i guess after like at some point it was just like oh person gets killed you killed person you bad done like you know as yeah. opposed to what triggered this what made that person do what they do yeah and it's good it's, for it's... like um stopping people or trying to catch something before it actually happens right exactly exactly really cool it's and it's got um australia's anatov in it for anyone that's watched fringe the, the lead female oh, yeah. actor, actress from Fringe. Yep. So uh, she's in this. She plays like a, a, a like a, a contractor for the FBI that's part of this group as well. She's sort of on the professor side doing a lot of the, the mental um, analyses and things. But yeah, really good. I've been watching mm. so much television. So much television. <laughs> I haven't even like been like getting into anything too new. I did get to watch, um, I know like Apple TV did this documentary for the Beastie Boys and it's like a doc- mm-hmm. like documentary about pretty much how where they started and when you know pretty much to this point and I didn't think like I love the Beastie Boys I love their music I think they're a great bunch of like guys um but I was never like too like you know into like knowing about their backstory but then watching the documentary there was a lot of great stuff that they followed through and behind because like it it's actually narrated by the like remaining members and they're on stage they're doing it in front of like a live audience and they're actually really charismatic dudes and they really hold you know the storytelling element of this documentary about you know like how they started, what they went through, and even like doing like little side notes where they mentioned that when they first kind of started as a band, there was a girl on the drums. I didn't even know that. I didn't know Neither that. Neither did had, I. Yeah, they had like a female drummer, and then like they kind of drifted apart, and they actually verbally said how much how bad they felt about that kind of thing. And it was it was actually really incredibly detailed, really really interesting, but very like wholesome as well. Like it felt very genuine. You f- didn't feel like like information was being thrown at you you felt like you were listening to a story um so i like i don't know if it's available on any other service apart from apple tv at the moment but um if anyone can get their hands on and watch it i really recommend it it's just called the beastie boys story um i might give that a look this week done by spike jones i think did one of their music videos so so um i yeah i recommend it even if you're not into their music it's a very they they detail like exactly like the rise of certain music and the like they themselves generating like their own kind of sound how they were like a mix of like hip-hop but then also like you know electronic as well and how they kind of wanted to do their own thing so yeah it was was really good really Mm. really good genuinely surprised me and then apart from that i've just been watching anime from the 80s as you do um hell yeah um one in particular called saint Seiya. Um my husband like watched it as a kid so he's been kind of like you know introducing me to this anime that i never really heard of and it's so cool because it's like 
it's about like guardians and then there's like the link to the cosmos and then he told me about there's these gold saints and they all are like saints that you um link to the zodiac so you yeah know, they're all cancel. horoscope signs yeah, yeah exactly right and so like because i'm you know like i love zodiac and horoscopes and that sort of stuff i'm already like okay so who's mine like who's libra like and libra's badass i'm just going to tell you right now but then just like <laughs> seeing how like at the start like how animation early on how bad it was but then seeing that this was like or like almost like at the forefront of where <laughs> characters over explain themselves like there's like you know that this character has a brother in the team but there's just so many times where he goes back and he's just like i have to save him because he is my brother (laughs) yeah we all know (laughs) we all know that it's like we get it again all right all right and and then there's moments where like someone's just done something and they're being attacked and then someone does a secret move and then like they say ah i'm so powerful now i was able to achieve that secret move then it goes into the enemy's head and the enemy's standing there awkwardly going oh how did he do that secret move and and you just visualize it from another perspective going they're just standing there looking at each other yeah (laughs) thinking about the secret move that they just encountered and just going into detail as well like i love it it's like it's the cheese factor that i love as well but like the show in itself is pretty cool i don't know if it ever came to australia maybe people out there can correct me um was it saint sayer or knights of the zodiac yeah i remember seeing this before because um i've just i just did a quick google on on because I'm, I'm a cancer and yeah that my my character is cancer death mask and i remember i remember this guy he's got like the big sort of purpley bluey swishy hair mm. and um yeah he's apparently the cruelest golden saint not coolest cruelest so uh <laughs> yeah the the bad the bad cancer man cancer death mask yeah. is 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 my uh my equivalent in saint sayer because like the gold saints i think are the best saints because you've also got silver saints and then you've also got your bronze saints who you follow you generally follow the bronze saints and then their battle um but yeah just like going through and seeing how badass these gold saints are and then you being like okay which one is mine like which one is my representation of the zodiac and then seeing if yours is badass or if yours is a little sissy so yeah, I like if if it's something that you just want to like take a look at. Also has a really good intro. I think it's one of the cooler intros. Pretty epic. I'm, I do judge animes based on the intro music. Um, I always think that that's always a good <laughs> good guide for me. For some reason, if the intro if the intro music doesn't hype me up, then chances are I'm not going to stay on board. Sorry, my attention let's, span uh, is that bad. Let's see how it goes because it's on it's on Netflix now. Yeah, and that's I think that's also why we've been able to watch it a bit like a bit more okay. because it's pretty accessible. All right, let's see. A lot of these on YouTube here don't clearly state if this is actually the intro just with the way they're described. So I'm going to take a punt. Sounds like bloody Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> I love reading the, the the subtitled lyrics of some of these anime intros, and it just makes no sense. It gets better. Are you ready? It gets this fantasy. 
God. Young boys all are the great heroes of tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the Pegasus. Flap your wings. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> right now, flap we those wings. We just need a segment where you, like, spoken word Japanese introductions. Uh, um, you're the main character. His um, animal, like his thing, is a Pegasus. So yeah. that's why the mention of Pegasus. But I just always love the. I always love, especially in intros or in Japanese music, the break in English. Mm-hmm, like the big oh yeah, oh yeah, Pegasus <laughs> fantasy. But it's so great. Like if you're not hyped now, like if you're listening to this in the morning and you're not hyped, then I don't know what oh, yeah. will get you up in the morning. Yeah, so, add that to your add that to your Spotify playlist rotation at the gym. Definitely. That'll get you going. Hey, like I actually have a list of like 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 heart pumping anime intros, like Attack on Titan, like ha- like all the like intros that I like that really gets you like jammed up. If anyone has any other recommendations, like even Dragon Ball, Dragon mm-hmm. Ball can get you hyped up as well. So heck yeah, heck yeah, something that uh. I guess got us hyped up and I was feeling some low lows at the same time was this past week when oh. they obviously they telegraphed the the date and the time for when Xbox Series X or Series S pre-orders were going to go live. Yeah. 8 a.m. this past Tuesday, set my set my alarm clock, everything, made sure I was ready. I was in front of my, com- my computer. I had my work laptop and my phone there just in case. So I had like three failovers or two failovers going uh, if, if for some reason my computer held up. The EB store for us here in Australia was an absolute dumpster fire. Mm. I had the checkout, like I was signed into all, had my payment details good on my phone, my work laptop, my computer, and none of them would check out. I I struggled. Like I had my cart filled, I reckon, by 10 seconds past eight. Like I was in, let's go, I'm keen as a bean. And then I tried to check out for 15 minutes straight on three devices Error, error, error. Sign me out. I'd sign back in. Tried different payment options. Nothing. Missed out on the EB pre-order situation. Was so angry, so frustrated. Uh, and then obviously it opened up to other ones. I, I got a. I pre-ordered mine through JB Hi-Fi. Oh. But there is there is a bit of an again. asterisk there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love me some JB, but there is a note in there where it's like, oh, we we can't guarantee that you're going to have it on day one. So it's like this weird. Wait and see, fingers crossed, pray to the Xbox gods that uh, it'll be there for me on, on mm-hmm. the 10th, but I don't know. Did they uh, take a deposit from you? Did they t- take money from they you? They took a deposit, yeah. So it, it was a fifth, like it was interesting because they took a $50 deposit on EB this year for, for these two console pre-orders. It's $200 deposit. So I mean, that guarantees them that they've got legitimate orders, right? Yeah. But I'm, I don't know, like, to me, if JB, like, is taking, like, deposits, guaranteed they can, like, refund them. But it just, it sounds like a mess to take a deposit, but then being like, hey, you may get some, you may not. Like, yeah, so <laughs> so I'm waiting. Apparently, they're going to, like, send send the, the people that pre-ordered through JB and SMS closer to the date where you then say, okay, I'm going to pick it up in store. I'm going to get it delivered to me, blah, blah, blah. So I'm waiting for that message to say that I've I've made it to the, the front of the digital queue and I can pick it up on the day. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, 
this like process makes me like a little bit nervous not for like people like us because we're like big children but like people who actually have legitimate small children and maybe this was like a christmas gift or something like that imagine being like told like you may have one you may not and like this being like the brink of like obviously materialistic things shouldn't matter however small children they do um but then getting that message like oh sorry you didn't get one and knowing that you are going to have to explain that. Yeah, I just think of that movie Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Turbo <laughs> Man. Dog, that's yeah. that's this situation. Yeah, like I'm I'm going to be in there punching parents getting an Xbox <laughs> if I don't get it. Like we're fighting. I don't know if Sinbad's going to be in my story as well, but uh, it's it's on. But I've got two kids at home. They yeah, may be but it was, um, dogs. But... Yeah, two boys. One of them pisses on the couch all the time. <laughs> Took his nuts and he still pisses. But uh, yeah, it was it was intense because like then you a shout out to Press Start for one for their coverage on okay this this store or, or shop front is now live you can pre order go 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 here's the links like they were on on point last Tuesday but the Amazon uh, pre order I was gonna pre order on Amazon as well just to be like have failover but I missed the pre order and apparently the Amazon pre orders sold out in like two minutes Target Oof. was the same Big W was the same like it was just getting sucked up everywhere but i've got one through jb just don't know when that's going to arrive i'm hoping i'll get it day one otherwise i'm going to be a very very sad panda what about you 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 managed to sort of get in pretty smoothly yeah well our experience over here was first of all i got to sit back and watch um, australia go through their like turmoil first the day before so kind of watched how everything went for you guys and kind of went oh shit like i I don't know what i was expecting and i don't want to like like diminish like Microsoft in any way with this, like the way I say this, but like I, I didn't know if they were going to have the same kind of like issues as PlayStation was only because sometimes PlayStation just always has like the upper hand and the bigger like client base. But then, you know, game is a game. And so I guess everyone, like I saw a lot of people saying that they, they just got it because they, they could, like they just wanted to get it. Not necessarily, mm. oh, I'm a Sony person or I'm a Microsoft <clears throat> person. So, um, so after watching like Australia go through the shit, what happened with us was is that we, you know, we had the different times of when the pre-orders were going to go live and um, IGN gave everyone a bunch of like links and, you know, where to go to get your pre-orders and places like Walmart, um, I believe Target and GameStop. Like they already, they ran into a bunch of issues as soon as it went live. But then a lot of us... Like we go straight to Amazon and Amazon just kept on bringing up those cute dogs and just saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I'm like, did we already miss out? Is that how quick it went? And I know people that went to Best Buy, which is like kind of American JP Hi-Fi, but not as fun. They were also having issues where they were putting things in the cart, but they couldn't process it. And then what seems to have happened is, is that they didn't launch on time because I think like 45 minutes later, um, you know the amazon ones went live and luckily we we got one we got our order in so yeah it's been it's been a mess like it was Mm -hmm. quite chaotic and i feel like i actually feel like i heard more people say they just were not successful in getting their xbox as people were getting their playstation and i don't know if it's a stock level thing or just a luck or process kind of thing but i just felt like more people said they missed out on a mic like on a xbox than they did with the playstation it certainly felt that way over here too. Like, um, I guess that the fact that they telegraphed when these dates for when this thing was going to go live and the time, like it helped to a degree because everyone knew 
went to jump online, True. but at the same time, everyone knew when to jump online. So the internet and the the data centers where you know the EB Games website and whatever is housed clearly could not hold the load as far as concurrent users and everyone trying to check out. So yeah, you know, like I was very frustrated and you know it, it annoyed me that I couldn't buy it through EB Games and and I know it's not 99.9% of people's fault that have worked at these places. It's, it's mostly just, I guess, their IT backend that underestimated the demand and the potential scaling that they'd need to account for on, on these pre-order days. So hopefully it's something that they learn and, and next year just open up that bottleneck times 10 just to be safe, you know, like mm. just to avoid all these headaches because I was scrolling through the, the social feed, especially when EB was like, okay, the, the pre-orders are live. And then it's like the pre-orders sold out. And I was scrolling through the comments and there was a lot of toxicity in there. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a bit of a chuckle seeing the people and they're like, how come I couldn't get one? I'm a level three. And then someone else is like, well, I'm a level four member at EB Games. and I didn't get one either. Like, what the fuck, EB? And whatever else. Like <laughs> just saying like your, your level, your, your user account level, uh, you know, justifies you getting priority or whatever else. Like I had a bit of a giggle at that, but then... Got sad because, yeah, I couldn't pre-order it in EB again. But JB came through, so I've got PlayStation coming from Amazon, Xbox coming from JB Hi-Fi, and we'll just wait and see. We'll wait and see when they roll to my doorstep. So mm -hmm. uh, just just waiting very impatiently for, for confirmation of, as to when to expect these beautiful consoles. Yeah. If we get them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the pessimist in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 a, and a very somber note too, the Xbox Series X is one centimeter too thick to fit in my TV cabinet slot. The PlayStation 5 will fit in there on the horizontal just, mm. but the Xbox, I'm going to have to stand it up like on the top layer of the cabinet where my TV is. So really? yeah, just too short. It's 15 centimeters, which isn't too thick. Like it's big, but I've, it's sort of like a narrow entertainment slot on my oh, new TV unit. Is that the, that's the full, full chunk boy. Okay. So yeah, I, the full we went digital, boy. so. Nah, nah, always, always the, give me, give me the biggest, biggest, baddest boy in the block. So, uh, it does look better. Yeah, it really does. It mm. really does. But yeah, for everyone out there that got one, congratulations. Anyone that didn't just take a breath. They're, they're releasing <clears throat> batches of future pre-orders. I don't know if they're still guaranteed for 2020. I'm assuming they will. Like they're going to do all they can to have more of this stock available for the Christmas sales. Like it makes no sense for them to just go, you know what? Hands up. We're just going to wait until 2021. That sounds so stupid. They want to get that that Christmas hype. So there'll be future releases coming in the next week or two. I can guarantee it. And um, yeah, you'll still have something for Christmas and your kids and, and yourselves. So uh, just, just remain calm. Don't go, don't go put all these stores on blast. For the most part, it's none of their fault outside of, yeah, their back-end webmasters and stuff. So just just stay cool. You'll get your stuff. Just maybe not day one. Mm -hmm. Sad. Very sad. <laughs> but something that is the opposite of sad, Friday, October 23rd, the 8-Bit Community Game Night is on. It's happening over at twitch.tv forward slash we are 8-Bit. I've been playing with uh, Slobs a little bit this week, and I think I have... A slight grasp of how the how the software works now, yeah. and I think I've got some layouts working. I managed to work out how to put like a little Spotify plug in there, so I can it shows what's playing and it rotates in and out. But I've put it like a DMCA approved list ah, together, so good, I've been good, working good. through. I've put a list of of artists and songs that have been approved 
and that will play on Twitch without issues. So, yep, I, I thought about that too. Uh, oh, but, yeah, lovely. I've been been playing around with that. Uh, so we're going to jump on, just have a bit of fun. Uh, don't know if we're going to play some Among Us. Uh, played that a few weeks ago on that stream. And I don't know, I'm just not just not vibing with that game as much as the rest of the world is, to be honest. Um, yeah, like there's ways to play it and there's ways people play it. So um, maybe, yeah, maybe you need another go, but maybe another group or something or maybe a different kind of rule set. Um, yeah. I, I see, like, I actually really enjoy watching... Um, people play Among Us. Like, I've actually found myself, like, checking out streams of people playing it or watching, like, YouTube, like, videos of people playing it. Like, I actually enjoy watching people play it because it's interesting to see how everyone has their different tactics and how mm-hmm. they, you know, try to get away with murder. So, I, th- I think I'll go back and play again, but I think you're very right. Like, get a get a crew in and have a clear set of rules as to how we play this thing and mm. abide by those rules instead of it just becoming a dumpster fire with screaming and everything else over the top. Like if we can structure it and put some rules and clear outlines as to how it's going to go, I think I'll enjoy it a lot more. But yeah, last last week or whenever it was when we played, I think it just really rubbed me the wrong way and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this game. I'm done for now. <laughs> About all there. you need is one bad experience like the first you know, first time playing a game and it will ruin any opportunity of like you yep. playing it like the way that it should be played or, you know, to be enjoyed anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I'll play it again eventually, but I think we'll be doing some other games on uh, Friday, October the 23rd. Kick off at around probably 7 p.m.-ish, 7.30-ish Australian time. Have some fun, have some laughs. Get everyone in a Zoom chat too so we can just have a bit of banter at the same time. And then just play some some more casual games. Probably play a bit of Jackbox. I know Jackbox 7 came out, so maybe we'll get on and play a bit of that. Yeah, Yeah, and do some giveaways. Got some cool cool merch and some game keys and some some AT swag. And uh, yeah, if you can't make the stream on the 23rd, you can obviously head over to audiotechnica.com, audiotechnica.com.au to pick up some of that AT swag. Best headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables in the business. Uh, You want in-ear, you want over-ear, you want noise cancelling, you want Bluetooth. It is all there. Uh, and what is also there is the limited edition 8-bit purple M50Xs. So get on over there, grab them while you can because they look so good. They feel so good. I'm just getting like a nice, nice friendly hug on my head right now with oh, those uh, purple so M50s. So nice. Nothing's worse than like an uncomfortable like pair of like headphones. And then the ones that like just perfectly cushion your head and just sit perfectly. And, uh, and then you get up and you don't realize they're still connected to the computer. That's how good they are. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than headphones in ear or over ear where you do take them off and you, your ears or your head hurt. Where mm-hmm. these, like, you know, not not trying to be the corporate shill, but I've I've worn a lot of headphones over the years and they are the most comfortable set I've I've owned and worn. Like, not taking the piss. This is just user feedback. Like, I've got a larger size head, so that you think they would fit a bit tight, but they fit so comfy. And the fact that there's like a nice nice cushion on the top layer like where sort of the head wrap is the 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 sort of um replacement like um what do you call the cups yeah the cups like the foam cups really really comfy so uh yeah can't speak highly enough of uh all the gear at at especially the m50x's or the m40s or even the m20s sort of the the cheaper options which are a little bit lighter but they've still got that same uh, you know build quality uh, mm. a lot of options there so depending on the price point and what you got in your wallet audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au and if you still want to spend a bit of money shop 8bit.net is the best video game store for merchandise 
in the universe, in my opinion. Uh, we've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got towels, we've got so many random ancillary products, but there's so many fantastic designs. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Galaxy Rex design that uh, Panda just finished this past week, Tom Boyle illustrations, it is making its way to the store this coming week in a couple of different colors. It is one of my favorite designs that we've had done. Cannot wait to be repping that on all kinds of pieces of clothing and maybe get like a big print done. Put that sucker on the wall because it looks nice. Yes. So shout out to Tom for uh, delivering the goodness again. So yeah, shop8bit.net. Obviously, the central hub, 8bitnation.net or 8bit.net for the rest of your gaming-related goodness. And uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the other podcasts you listen to on the Reg on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast player you're listening to because those ratings and views help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts and we'll love you for it. it. takes no time, costs no money, and means the absolute world. But let's get into this. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news, Microsoft dropping some of this. Brutality. Getting brutal <laughs> on the industry. Holy moly, what a mic drop moment by Phil Spencer and his team. Microsoft to buy Bethesda and parent company ZeniMax Media. And uh, I've got a, got a good article here from Joe Scribbles over at IGN. Announced by head of Xbox Phil Spencer in Xbox Wire post earlier this week, Microsoft will acquire ZeniMax Media for $7.5 billion. Jeez. Three times the $2.5 billion it paid Mojang and Minecraft in 2014. And the formal purchase is expected to close the second half of 2021. Obviously, big business and these types of transactions takes a lot of, lot of time to go through, but it's all agreed for in principle now that it's doing those final ins and outs. The deal includes ZeniMax Media as a whole, Bethesda Softworks, Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, ZeniMax Online Studios, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studios. In a blog post, Bethesda SVP of Global Marketing, Pete Hines said, we're still working on the same games we were yesterday, made by the same studios we've worked, for, uh, worked with for years, and those games will be published by us. The move, Hines explains, is because Microsoft's access to resources that will make us a better publisher and developer. Bethesda Game Studios producer Todd Howard wrote his own blog post about the benefits of the acquisition, pointing to the company's long association with Xbox, starting with porting Morrowind to Microsoft's first console. He says that Xbox Series S and X are optimized for the vast world we love to create, with generational leaps not just in graphics, but CPU and data streaming as well. It's led to our largest engine overhaul since Oblivion with all our new technologies powering our first new IP in 25 years, Starfield, as well as the Elder Scrolls 6. While avoiding any specifics, Todd Howard also alluded to the idea of exclusives indicating perhaps that Bethesda would not be limited to the Xbox ecosystem. Like our original partnership, this one is about more than one system or one screen. We share a deep belief in the fundamental power of games, in their ability to connect, empower and bring joy and a belief we should bring that to everyone regardless of who you are, where you live, or what you play on, regardless of the screen size, the controller, or, or your ability to even use one. Xbox also says we'll be adding Bethesda's iconic franchises to Xbox Game Pass for console and PC. A press release added that Bethesda's future games will be added at launch into Xbox Game Pass on, obviously, Xbox or PC from day one. Uh, there's a bucket load more articles and content out there if you want to start reading into some of the semantics as far as what this might do, a lot of hypotheticals as far as what this means for Bethesda titles moving forward. 
Are they going to be wholly and solely on Xbox or Microsoft platforms moving forward? Has PlayStation been shut out? Uh, they have confirmed that they still are honoring the timed ex- uh, timed release exclusives for Deathloop and to- uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So they are still going to be launching on the PlayStation 5 first and then later on the Xbox Series S and X as well as PC. So it's nice that they're, they are honoring those agreements and not just coming in and bullying their way uh, right to the front of the line. But holy shit, this was huge. I remember... Uh, I was playing the Avengers. Oh, I did play something else this week. I was playing the Avengers a little bit uh, this week. Damn was in a, in a in a in a party lobby with with Benny, Jono, and Jared. And just before a game was loading in, I clicked on Twitter, and I saw Jason Schreier's tweet that posted like three seconds earlier, and it was just that yeah, Microsoft is planning to acquire Zenimax slash Bethesda, and I was just like, holy shit, guys, listen to this. And that we just watched it unfold in the span of 10 minutes because like 10, 15 minutes later, it was all official. Press releases were dropping from Microsoft. Press releases were dropping from Bethesda. And it just went boom. You know, the world went, holy fuck, this is huge. What do you think about this? What were you doing when this happened? Tell me the things. I just realized, I'm like, I'm pretty certain I was awake for when this happened. So you guys were playing super late and I obviously woke up really early or something (laughs) along that lines because I'm like, I was awake when this happened. I saw like, you know... So this unfold as well. Um, I was really like impressed, like just how it kind of just there it is. Like you know, obviously they kind of had to say something. I'm not too sure if they were, you know, super pressed to say anything sooner or later or whatever. But, um, I think this is great. I usually like, like feel comfortable with game studios when they kind of like lock in with like one of the consoles. Um, I feel like especially like like well either Sony or Microsoft it doesn't matter. Like such a you know, money maker of a company which would, um, you know, secure the gaming company and make sure everyone's, you know, financially stable. Um, I'm wondering what happens rules and, you know, rule-wise in regards to, like, making sure games come out on time um, I, and coming out finished as well. Oh, well. Um, I'm also interested to see just, like, what this means for Microsoft and how much Microsoft could use it to their advantage um i don't see microsoft as being like the dick company and being like they're all ours you know um i see them maybe having timed exclusives maybe but um i don't see them like holding holding the cards and saying none for you playstation because if people play like play it on playstation and buy it on playstation microsoft still gets paid so win-win 100 percent. i think I think I'm like I'm very much with you in that train of thought. I think um, this is just a, a focus to try and get people on the Game Pass subscription. Like, um, oh yeah, f- from April to now, it went like they had 10 million Game Pass subscribers in April, and between April and September, it's jumped to 15 million subscribers. Uh, and, and with a flex like this, uh, like I think that we're going to still see fallouts and such release on PlayStation Five because, as you said, like you don't want to turn away the money for one, but it's going to incentivize people. Like if we're talking Australian dollars, a hundred dollars for Elder Scrolls six on PlayStation five or $15 a month on Xbox where you get all these other games included. Like you can see what they're trying to position this thing as like they want to turn that 15 million subscription base now to, to 30 
or 50 million subscribers and then you're making billions of dollars a year off this recurring revenue mm-hmm. and you know that 7.5 billion because they want to recoup, recoup that money that is a substantial 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 sum like it's huge 7.5. imagine imagine fronting up 7.5 billion dollars like it's insane like um outside of this like the company that owns the company I work for just got bought out in a oh. similar situation like this for I think it was $8 billion they bought the company out for. And like, so these big American power plays happened uh, and it's it's insane to watch and see how it all plays out. But mm. it's it's bonkers. Like just, just thinking Xbox owned studios, they're now at 23. Like we talked a few <laughs> years ago where it's like Xbox don't have any good studios, any exclusives. And, and now they've just gone, you know what? Hold my beer. We're going to make some, make some noise here. I think... I think, yeah, I think Fallout, I think Elder Scrolls, I think they'll still be released on all the other platforms. But maybe something like Starfield, maybe that could Mm. be an Xbox PC exclusive. Like that's a bit of a flex. It's a new IP um, that I could see going down that route. But they've got some some huge studios, like um, obviously the whole Bethesda teams, the id teams, Mm -hmm. uh, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango. Like they've got such a diverse portfolio of games there. Like you're talking... Doom, you're talking Quake, you're talking Dishonored, you're talking The Evil Within, obviously Fallout, obviously all these other fantastic giant RPGs. Like Xbox is now the RPG house, like as far as what they've got coming up and the studios they own, Xbox is RPGs for me. Like they they have just said, yep, we're the, we're the kings and queens of this realm now. We own this. You want RPGs? Come play on Xbox, but it's it's huge, it's huge, massive. huge, huge. I'm really curious to see what PlayStation do as sort of a, a counterpunch. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I wonder if they have one lined up. Um, because like you definitely feel like the you know two console giants have really been kind of going like you know tit for tat as of lately, especially as we draw closer to the console releases. So it should be funny to see if um, PlayStation has a comeback. Hey, PlayStation, maybe like, you know, buy the rights to Metal Gear and then, you know, re-release and remaster them. That might be a good idea. Hey. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the rumor mill. They're <laughs> trying to buy buy the IPs from Konami. Yeah, but then um, what was it, was, it, was it called? GOG Games on... I never know what that company is called that, you know, but... They're now, they've got, um, so PC players can play Metal Gear 1 and 2 on PC now, I believe. Yeah, just so, the stock versions too. So that's been like no remaster oh yeah, no or remake. or anything like that. So I'm still not going to play them. Yeah, full disclosure, I've never played a Metal Gear. So I'm kind of wow. waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for the remastered. Like, you know, I had a decent experience with the Resident Evil um, remastered. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can enjoy, like have a really great experience of playing Metal Gear for the first time. Back to this, though, um, I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was a very good point where, so they got ZeniMax for $7.5 billion. Um, someone pointed out saying, if Microsoft bought it for $7.5 billion, what the hell was Warner asking for if that deal didn't close? Like, how much? Appa- apparently, that was about $4 billion. Really? Apparently, So they yeah. obviously didn't see the investment. I'm wondering, do you see that? What would you prefer? Obviously, this. This is... I'd take this. This, this is one of the... Bethesda, as far as, well, formerly independent studios, as far as developers and publishers, Bethesda is up there. Like, it is the top of the food chain for me as far as the IPs. Like, obviously, uh, Rockstar and the subsidiaries with, with Take-Two and stuff, like, that's a huge entity as well. But they're, they're getting by on, on a couple of IPs where 
the portfolio that Bethesda and Zenimax have is huge. It and is it's so extensive. diverse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is this is I think this is the biggest gaming news that I've witnessed in my life. Like I could be wrong, but as far as a like a whoa, what the hell moment, like that moment is just locked in time now. I remember where I was, I remember what I was doing. And I think we're gonna look back at this as, as one of the biggest things to ever happen in this industry. And you see the rumor mill and Apparently, Microsoft is still apparently open to making some noise and picking up other studios too, which is insane. That's crazy. I'd, I'd, it'd be really interesting to kind of study like these tactics further down the line as they develop. Like, because we really did appreciate when Microsoft started taking on those smaller teams and we're like, oh, that's good. Like, it gives them, you know, like probably peace of mind, able to like, you know, creatively move forward without maybe the stresses that a lot of small like teams have to worry about with financing and maybe even like, you know, like location and getting like set up and everything like that. So um, I hope this is a positive move. Um, usually when there are takeovers, there's usually job loss. Um, mm. So I just hope everything's done right by everyone that works for all these studios and, you know, wherever they're located and make sure that there's no like massive job, like job losses. I hope everyone gets to keep their positions and everyone just moves 100%. forward. Because there's, I think there's two and a half thousand employees under the under the Zenimax Media banner that they've picked up. So yeah, hopefully that, they that all sound like a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot it's of surprising. There. Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. But yeah, Microsoft's uh, portfolio just expanded exponentially, and the fact that all their new IPs are going to be dropping day one on Game Pass is huge. That's the biggest takeaway. I think Game Pass is just that all the chips are in. Like they've, mm. they've gone all in on Game Pass and they're trying to make this the the gamers bundle really. Like it's accessible for everybody. I think we will still see a lot of these games released on PlayStation 5. Yeah, I don't think they're going to middle finger PlayStation 5 that much. No. I read rumors too that PlayStation up until like a month or two ago were actually trying to get exclusivity of Starfield as a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Obviously, <laughs> that's not happening now because Microsoft owns it all, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's going to definitely be a PlayStation counterpunch. Like I'm assuming, like I just feel that they're going to pick up the uh, Metal Gear rights and maybe Silent Hill. I think that's the play. That's the play here because who else, like who else do you, outside of a Ubisoft to try and compete with something like this, who else could Sony buy, you know? I don't know if they'd want Ubisoft right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would want Ubisoft right now. But it's huge. And um, they've already, like, they confirmed. I don't have the date in front of me, but Doom Eternal's dropping on Xbox Game Pass in the next few weeks. So we're already seeing games that were released this past year that and are a lot like, full of, price like, games. Yeah, like, and a lot of high reviewing games as well attached to these studios. Like, AAA high reviews, good scores. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great catch for Microsoft. And I just, like, hope it's a positive catch. I hope, yeah, we like what we said they don't try to hold all the chips in them um i hope that you know the game pass thing works out really well and just like game pass is just sounding more and more like a positive thing and i am actually seeing a lot more positive talk about game pass now on social media where i felt that like maybe there wasn't a lot of mention of how you know positive game pass is i know you listeners out there have to hear us talk about it every fucking week <laughs> sorry not sorry yeah but um regarding on social media or people just generally talking about consuming a game pass i don't hear it a lot but i've heard a lot of positivity now so yeah 100 percent. especially like looking forward to that xbox one s digital edition that with game pass is just 
the perfect next gen entry level starter bundle for anybody really mm. like obviously the hard drive side is going to limit how many games you can overall like install onto that system but yeah it's just hand in hand as far as just the smart play the very smart play and, and i also love that there was also some twitter back and forth where a twitter user uh added obsidian games mm. and they were like so uh new vegas 2 and then Obsidian just did like the, the, the emote of like the yeah. shrug, little Maybe? shrug character. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just the synergies between previous studios and, and now all these studios working together under Microsoft could lead to some really cool things. Like people were like, imagine giving id the Halo franchise and making a Halo game. Like oh, imagine yeah. stuff like that. Like my goodness, there's so many possibilities and I'm so excited and it's awesome uh, and it's just a big win for Microsoft, like, you know, I'm, I'm in their corner all the time and I'm, I'm getting beaten up a lot of the time for being in their corner, but it feels like this is, this is a day we're going to remember for many, many years. I'm so excited. Green tinted glasses. So excited. I bleed green, baby. <laughs> what else bleeds that. green? I'm trying to think. Frogs? Oh, Predator. Predator greens bleed. Uh, bleeds green. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting because this next... Uh, this next bit of news we're going to talk about, I think it's mighty impressive, but it just feels like anything else we're going to talk about just pales in comparison compared to the, the Microsoft Zenimax Bethesda situation. But this headline reads, Amazon announces new cloud gaming service called Luna at its 2020 hardware event earlier this week. Amazon announced a cloud gaming platform, which is known as Luna. The news isn't too surprising. The service has been rumored since last year, previously codenamed Tempo. It's not clear when Luna will launch widely, but it will be initially available on PC, Mac, Fire TV, iPhone, and iPad in brackets via web apps with an Android version planned for after launch. Amazon says that they're interested, uh, that interested users in the US can request early access to the service starting today. And so today is in a few days ago now. So you can request early access right now. There's no word on international availability at this time. The service will be available for an introductory price of $5.99 USD a month during its early access phase, which gives, subscribe, uh, which gives subscribers the ability to play Luna Plus channel games across two devices simultaneously and offers 4K 60fps resolution for, in quotes, select titles. Naturally, it will be powered by AWS, Amazon's ubiquitous web platform. Mm. Sneaky also... Shout out to, I guess, the Xbox controller being the archetype for every other controller not named Sony. I've always said that the Xbox controller is the most comfortable controller for, like, like just hands. Like, it's just everything fits right and it just sits perfectly within your hands. So, you know, yeah, shout out to Xbox <laughs> and not Nintendo 64. Yeah, it's it's a nice looking controller. Uh, and and the the face buttons are actually Perfect. like an Xbox. There's you know A B X Y on there, and they've got the offset joysticks, and they're also rocking a bit of eight bit purple. Yeah. I've noticed in the eight in the controller here. So uh, we're coming for those uh, royalty dollars later, Amazon. Just <laughs> FYI, but got a penny some of the games that they're they're confirming <laughs> part of the 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 Lunar Plus. They're saying there's going to be a hundred games available, and some of the launch titles include Resident Evil Seven. Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele, Grid, Abzu, and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. So 
some good titles there. Some older ones, obviously, but some great ones. Hmm. And uh, they're talking about uh, new titles that are coming out soon. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, for, uh, Far Cry 6, and Immortals Phoenix Rising uh, will be available same-day release on Luna as well. So, uh, yeah, looks interesting. I mean, yeah, like I I wonder though, because unfortunately we've all bear witness to the... Um unfortunate launch of stadia and the experiences that google has had and the not so successful launch of it really um a lot of people who are signed up with stadia i've heard maybe one or two people who've said that they're still happy with their service um but i mean the majority of people who probably signed up like i was an early edition sign up uh dropped off the map and like it was nothing but like just a bombardment of negativity so I feel like with Google's hiccups, I wonder if it will already have a bad taste in people's mouths to try the Amazon experience. Mm. So Very much so. Like, It's cool. Sadly, people outside of America are just going to watch on and see how this thing rolls out. <clears throat> uh, Australia will probably never get this, just like the Stadia, <laughs> just like xCloud, things like that. Like, Yeah, our network infrastructure sucks. We know about that. But it looks cool. Uh, a company like Amazon will give it some attention and throw some money at it to make sure it works. I like that it's running on the Amazon Web Services platform, which is where a lot of cloud-based stuff is going these days. So the infrastructure's there. Five ninety nine a month is pretty bloody good. You know, six Stay bucks fun. USD is pretty fair. Uh, it's just going to depend on network infrastructure and then support and then the the sort of uh, gaming catalog that's going to roll out off the back of this. Yeah, but we'll see. You know, never more competition is never a bad thing. No, exactly right. Um, let's just see how they go, and then I don't know. I just feel bad for Google a little bit. Like I know the you know multi mega rich company, you know, can dry its tears on its hundred dollar notes, but like I always feel like sometimes companies step back and watch another company go. Okay, now we know everything that they did wrong. Let's try and do this the right way. So. Exactly, exactly. And uh, speaking of doing things the right way. Innersloth are looking to do things the right way. And who are Innersloth, you ask? Well, they are the studio behind Among Us. And what they have done is they have, yeah, fantastic game. (laughs) They have uh, decided to cancel Among Us 2 in favor of ongoing work and focusing on the current game. A month after its announcement, a sequel to the suddenly huge multiplayer space mystery Among Us 2, uh, Among Us, has been canceled. As far as cancellations go, it's a relatively welcome one because Studio Innersloth has opted to keep working on, and in brackets, fixing the original game. In its announcement, Innersloth writes that while the Among Us codebase is unwieldy and antiquated, it makes sense to continue work on it given its sudden popularity. Of course, that means a lot of work adapting adapting it for a playbase much larger than the studio ever expected. So, this is cool. Uh, This is... I wouldn't like it's not on the same level as the the four guys explosion, but no, this game different. has also been a bit of a sneaky surprise out of nowhere hit. That's for damn sure. Everyone's <laughs> playing this. Everyone's streaming this. Everyone's loving this. Me not so much, but bad experience. I'm going back, but yeah, it's going to get improvements. <laughs> I wonder what that company like that studio was like doing. Like I don't want to assume that they just released one game and then that was it but like imagine just being like oh crap like people really love this game and want more from it we've got to you know get into gear and figure out i appreciate that they because when they said that they were going to make among us two i was like is that a smart idea because like this could be just the flavor of the month you know like 
or the favor of a few months, you know, and then everyone will get sick of it. And then you put all that effort and resource into making a second one and maybe the vibe won't be there for it anymore. So then working on the already existing game, like even if they just do download packs and levels and stuff and just make maybe a little bit of extra dough on, you know, more levels, more um, like accessories for your characters and such. Like that seems like the smarter option because, yeah, I just don't see the game, you know, having a long existence. Like, I mean, when, when was it released? Was it 2015, was it? Or it was uh, like, it was, let me see. It was sometime, maybe it was 2018. No, that was Hades. That's the other game that I feel like. 2018, kind of... 15th of June, oh, 2018. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So all that time has passed and then next thing you know, people are... People are playing it, they're excited for it, and then they'll find the next thing. People are obsessed with beans. Fall Guys, Among Us, if they're round and squishy looking, people will enjoy it. <laughs> Put that on the box art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, goodness. Yeah, it's... um. I, I don't know if this game's got the staying power. Like, I feel you play a dozen rounds of this game you've probably had the complete experience a few times over like Mm. obviously it can vary depending on the other up to nine people you're playing with as far as how it can go and the theatrics and the insanity and the lack of trust that can ripple off the back of it too but Mm. you know like the game's fun but the gameplay isn't the key here The, the the funness and the enjoyment comes out of the paranoia and the banter yeah like the the control structure is really simple what you've got to do your tasks whether you're a imposter or a, you know a, a good person trying yeah. to do the do the roles but like the, yeah it's going to be it's never going to be known as cutting edge as far as gameplay and graphics and things but it's it's going to live and die off who you're playing with and yeah like i could see myself in a few years time like we'd group us jump on and have a laugh and play a game but like i wouldn't have been playing it for a few years in between like this isn't going to be in my rotation of a weekly must play like it's just a oh i got nine other people i think we can have a laugh with it's almost it's almost like playing a board game really like yeah actually yeah that's exactly on that kind of board game level where you pull it out at a party oh um hey. and then <laughs> hey um, round squishy things yeah. pull them out at parties everyone likes a bean um Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It took a while for this uh, episode to go off the rails. Um, But yeah, like everyone, you know, enjoys it for a short while and then it goes, you know, goes away. So uh, the only way I can see this being more interesting is, dude, let's do VR. Let's do a 3D experience. So you have to turn the corner and see if someone's getting murdered and you just... That would be cool. I know it would That would be really cool. It would be pretty interesting to see. Yeah, but um, yeah, power, power to Innisloth for a game that i guess they they'd forgotten about really like they were moving on to the sequel and then Mm. this game i don't know i can't even remember like pinpoint exactly what made this game blow up the way it did over the bunch of popular streamers played it apparently Mm. like all it takes no that's that's it's incredible to see the influence of like popular streamers and just seeing what they what they do and then other people play it and then it just trickles down and everyone's about it like good for the company though like i mean you know, like they've got this income. The game's not expensive either. Like over here, it's like five bucks. I think. In yeah, seven fifty Australian. Yeah, it's pretty bloody good. So, like, you know, everyone's just 
picking it up because you know a lot of people are home a lot of people miss their friends like a lot of people just want like a you know something to play with friends and it's 10 10 per round so you know you got a group and it's I wonder on if mobile they're expand on that yeah it can like not everyone needs to own the game like you can play it for free on your mobile so Same. yeah as long as one person's cre- creating the lobby like a jackbox other people can jump on and join via their smartphone and, and play with you for no cost which is cool yeah what if they're going to expand span the lobbies like to like 20 people but then oh, would it be God. too much of a mess i think it would all, go- the, all the talking yeah oh fuck 10 people talking at once is too much imagine 20 can confirm <laughs> something that is also probably too much the xbox series x and or s expandable storage holy guacamole it's expensive yeah uh, we're talking the one terabyte expandable storage it was unveiled and pricing was confirmed uh this past week and uh it's 219.99 usd i think i saw pricing at 350 australian <gasps> Another for console. a one terabyte drive <laughs> holy shit holy shit holy shit that is so much cash uh obviously it's costing a little bit more because it is a solid state drive mm-hmm. so uh it's, it's faster it's it's a lot better quality than the standard uh standard portable hard drive that people are used to so i get why it's a bit more expensive but, but my god for an extra terabyte of storage you're looking at you know 350 Australian bucks. A lot Ooh. of, a lot of, I think I saw an article where someone actually did a breakdown and they kind of said, yeah, no, this is, this is on par. Like they're not really ripping you off too much. Like it, it, this, this is the standard pricing. Cause like I was worried because Microsoft, you know, with the external, like external storage, they had a very strict like proprietary, like, no, it has to be this one. It has to be, you know, this specific one. You can't accept any others. And so I'm like, oh, don't do the dodgy. Don't do the dodgy. <laughs> just make it more expensive or whatever so it seems like it's on you know in line with all the other pricing but yeah it's it's another console that's that's yeah another console. like um <laughs> like if you're getting an xbox one s which has only got 512 gig of internal ssd mm-hmm. and then you're buying this on top it would actually be cheaper to buy the xbox C- oh, xbox series s sorry it would be cheaper to buy the xbox series x that's that not has confusing a one terabyte. at all yeah yeah so uh power to you like i'll probably look at buying one of these down the line but i like needing it launch is just bonkers like i've i've started to pivot now into once i've finished a game and i feel like there's a pretty high chance i'm not going back i'll just uninstall it off off my console because i don't need it taking up space you know i'll put another game on that i'll play when i'll finish that i'll move on so it's kind of like this completionist like acceptance that i'm done with that game like i've had my time had my enjoyment done love your game see you next time sort of thing instead of just letting it gather dust and take up gigabits unnecessarily yeah got the yeah. pcs yeah but uh if you're looking to still spend some money maybe a little bit less than one of those uh one terabyte drives we got some news for you new releases and events good chunk of games coming out this week uh few of note spelunky 2 dropping on the pc on september 29 uh, but the two big ones that I've highlighted... Actually, I didn't highlight this last one, but I'll mention it as well. But Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, dropping on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Oh, yeah. And Star Wars Squadrons, oh, dropping on PlayStation shit. 4, Xbox One, and PC on October 2nd slash October 3rd, depending on where you are in the world. And then on October 5 slash 6, Nickelodeon Kart Races 2 Grand Prix drops on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Oh, so before we talk about Star Wars Squadrons... 
I know you're sort of rolling over going, I don't want to play a bunch of these new age rando Nickelodeon characters we don't know, but Nickelodeon Kart Racers has legends in the roster such as Ren and Stimpy, Invader Zim, Rocco and Heifer. Cat Dog is in there too. Hey Arnold characters are in there. Uh, we're getting Reptile. We're getting some Rugrats characters, some Ninja Turtles characters, SpongeBob. A couple of characters, I couldn't even tell you who the Christ they are. See, that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be just a bunch of those new characters. I wouldn't even have a bloody clue who they are. But like hearing the ones that I grew up with. Oh, is Angry Beavers there? No Angry Beavers. Shame. but but Or maybe not as a playable character. There's 30 races, 70 crew members. So maybe Angry oh. Beavers could be crew members. I don't know what that no. entails. Yeah. 28 tracks, 80 cart upgrades. So there's a bit of there's a bit of meat to this game. It looks yeah. very much like um Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, if anyone played that. That's what this game looks like, just replacing Sonic characters with people from Nickelodeon. Uh four-player local split screen and uh eight-player online multiplayer. So that's mm. kind of cool. But uh yeah, it looks it looks bonkers. Mm. The Star Wars Squadron. Like I- why did I feel like that snuck up? Like I, I feel like my finger wasn't on the pulse on that one. And and I watched like a like little video featurette recently of it. So I'm like, wow, like and I was like so excited for it, just watching it again, just watching like the story, and I'm just like graphically it looks stunning and I'm just like oh, I can't believe this game's coming out. And I'm also really, really like anxious and hearing you say October. Where the fuck do you It's went? insane. October is <laughs> next week or this week coming. Like it is bananas oh god yeah but uh i can't wait cross-platform play is enabled in in star wars squadrons which makes it even cooler so whether you're pc playstation 4 or xbox one you can play with your friends on your other platforms uh there's also vr support uh on pc as well as psvr support on the playstation 4 so if you want that full first person immersion (laughs) you can do it just bear in mind you could get a little bit of motion sickness because barrel rolls and stuff in first person speaking from experience can churn your guts up pretty damn good but yeah i can't wait to play this cannot wait to play this this week it looks really really good and now obviously some more crash bandicoot who doesn't want a bit a bit more uh chaotic platforming with crash and his team so uh that'll be fun to play but I'm going to be all about squadrons this week and maybe try to get a copy of Kart Races too and see what this is about. I heard Spelunky's pretty good too. Spelunky too. I heard yeah, a lot of positive things. Getting really good reviews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, like, really good reviews. Probably get finger on the pulse on that one too. Okay. So we're going to combine the tweet of the week and the question of the week into the one thing, but obviously we can't do that with a, without a sexy sound bite. So let's pull in Chuck Fresh. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes by a way of at Andrew Alerts on the Twitters, and the tweet reads, Xbox One X sales rank is up 747% on Amazon, lol, dot, dot, dot. Wonder how many people bought an Xbox One X instead of an Xbox Series X. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're not alone in the confusion there as far as the naming conventions, and that sort of weaves us into this part here. You've got mail. And our question of the week and tweet of the week synergize. And the question was to avoid any further confusion, what would you change the Xbox naming convention to for current and future console generations? And I'll just grab a couple here from the Twitters. And Benny at the Spawny 13 says Xbox 720. Let's go. (laughs) Geeks of the Galaxy podcast says Xbox Elite. 
for the Series X and Xbox Elite S for the Series S. Zach at Egorino says new Xbox One X and new Xbox One S. Go full Nintendo. Thundermace AUS, which is uh, Paul from the Inconsolables, he says XX underscore big X underscore box underscore XX. And then uh, Lucky Chappy FB. <laughs> 69 to 420, yeah. maybe an SK8. And yeah, Lucky Chappy 420 says Xbox 2 and Xbox Pro, uh, Xbox 2 Pro, or Xbox and Xbox Pro. Mm. So I ask you this, Miss Hart, if you could press the soft reset button on the naming conventions for the Xbox moving forward, what would you call it? I don't know. Like they've really screwed the pooch with that one by calling like their first few, which was the Xbox 360. And so you lose the, you know, numbering convention right there but then like i i appreciate the whole like a lot of people are saying like let's go back to the start let's call in an xbox again you know and i'm yeah. like maybe maybe that would work um as a person that like worked in retail especially during the Wii wii u um you know generation i can confirm it is confusing and it's confusing <laughs> for people buying stuff and it's confusing for the person who's trying to sell um, so my naming convention is um, Xbox, this is the one your son wants. And then, then you can have like later on, no, Xbox, this is the one your son wants now. And then the next one can be, wait, now this is the one your Xbox wants <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, just, you know, so simple, so easy. It, it is simpler than or the, just this what one. they've gone with. No, this one, this is yeah. the one. <laughs> or it'd just be like, do you want the... The black cube or the flat white one that looks like a speaker, like <laughs> the matchbox like, or the or the router. Parents yeah, like know that. I think they need to press reset on it because you know Xbox do many things well, but the naming of their consoles is certainly not that. Like, um, you know, even if they went uh, Xbox, like I like what Lucky Chappy said there. Like, obviously, we did have the Xbox One S and X in the previous iteration, so maybe then becomes the Xbox Two. S and X mm. and Xbox 3. So they sort of almost went down a soft reboot on the last gen, but now they've gone, instead of the one, it's the Series X and the Series S. I was wondering if you reboot it and it's like Xbox version one and then it's like Xbox V1 and then it's Xbox V2 and yeah, that could something work. like that. You know, Jono said in our little group chat, he said like an Xbox Z and then like he also said like you know in brackets maybe call it like the xbox zen and i'm like that could work and then because it's an xbox x and then xbox z or z depending how you say it um then you can go back into the alphabet and then you can have xbox xbox a xbox alpha and then xbox b yeah oh you wouldn't want to call it an alpha and a beta would you hmm hang on (laughs) scrap the whiteboard (laughs) start again but maybe you know go down the lettering convention just go down the alphabet again yeah, I, I think for like what you alluded to for simplicity of ordering for people that aren't embedded in this universe every day. Xbox this one? <laughs> yeah, Xbox this one, Xbox the one your son wants now. Like This is the new one, Xbox? Yeah, <laughs> I think just as simple as possible. Like it's, it's something beautiful about simplicity with naming and things like that and like, you know, PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah. You know what's coming next? PlayStation yeah, 6 exactly, and 7. Exactly. And like, you know, with the parents simp- for the parents, it's simple. It's like, well, what what do you want? I want the PlayStation 5. Okay. And then the parent, you know, can just go, 
Um, my son wants the new PlayStation. I'll just, you know, so PlayStation 4, 5, 5. Yeah, whatever the new one is. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Five. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope in future they change it, but I just feel it's going to get more convoluted for the next gen release again, like like the future one in, in a handful of years' time. Like, mm. yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what the right way to go is, but I think making it as simple as possible is the best way to do it. And I like, yeah, Xbox <gasps> V1, then V2, then V3, then V4. Xbox without the D. That would work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but you know, I guess Microsoft would be very happy as far as the the spike in purchases for the Xbox One X. Like, that's that's no joke. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a nice injection, and they they certainly played the marketing game perfectly this week overall. Though, like with the Bethesda mic drop moment mm. happening the day before pre-orders Just going before. live. Very smart. The hype and the FOMO off the back of that. Everyone's like, what? I can go back and play these games now and it's included in a, in a bundle I've already got potentially. You know, woohoo! Like, awesome. Sold. Happy, happy days. Mm. So, yeah, big week for Xbox. Like, it was a huge week the week before with, with PlayStation and their uh, reveal and then the, the subsequent pre-orders and then Xbox returning serve in a big way. Like, I'm really excited for this, this next console console war i don't even know if you want to call it a console war i feel like microsoft is certainly going down a different path they're focusing subscription 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 that's that's their bread and butter that's their focus for this gen where playstation i guess is still trying to trying to drill down on what it is obviously exclusives is their big one like and they've got some phenomenal titles in that catalog but we'll see if they buy konami we'll soon find out or at least buy the IPs from Konami because Konami, the business itself, is actually worth more, I'm pretty sure, than Sony is because obviously all the, the poker machines and stuff on the back of that and the pachinko, yeah, like Konami oh. as a business is huge. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, this has been episode 211 of the Hungry Gamers... Oh, 212, sorry, of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Mm. Anything you want to say before we get on out of here for another week, Miss Hart? Massive shout-out to Vin Diggersall and his new single that he's released, Feel Like I Do. I recommend what? everyone check it out. Yeah, He Vin, released a song? He released a... I don't know if it's an album, but he definitely released a song. Holy moly. I'm going to go listen to that right now. <laughs> uh, Vinny D, I know there's no point in us even trying to play any of that in here. He'll be honest, like, quicker than he can do a 40 time in a really souped up Camaro so we don't want to muck around Car with Vin D. <laughs> that's our new podcast yeah <laughs> did you work the clutch yep it's a it's a stick shift oh okay i don't know <laughs> car stuff i just put it i don't even put a key in my car to, to turn the ignition on it my key's in my pocket and i press a button i don't want to start a thing but like i've been sold on the tesla i want a tesla <laughs> I know. wow i know right anyway c- c- carry on <laughs> It's just that Musk machismo gets you. No, it's well, it's the self-driving factor actually, and you can okay. play Cuphead on it. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> why'd you buy? Why'd you pick this car? Because I can play Cuphead and get I frustrated. Can play video games on it. <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> Truth be told, I did buy my latest car because it's got two crazy in-dash screens and like adjustable LED strip lighting through the whole thing, so it feels like I'm driving a spaceship. So. uh yeah, now yeah. who's the idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. All right, 8 Nation, it has been our pleasure to bring you episode 212 of THG. Till next week, much love. 
and stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Does he sing or does he rap in this song? Sing? Ish? Yeah. What can't Vin Diesel do? Act, Act. I guess. <laughs>